Episode 27, Trav Bell, author of The Bucket List Blueprint. Yeah, my favorite mistake is uh, actually making decisions out of ego. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. Show notes are at markgraben.com slash mistake27. My guest website is thebucketlistguide.com. And now on with the show. Well, hi, welcome to My Favorite Mistake. I'm Mark Graben, and we are joined today by Trav Bell. As you'll hear and, and tell in a minute, he's coming to us from Australia. Travis, how are you today? Good, Mark. Good. Stoked to be on, right? So let me tell a little bit about uh, Trav here in terms of introductions. I um, think this is really interesting. He is a self-appointed bucket listologist. So we'll <laughs> learn about that. He is a coach. He's a certified speaking professional. He's founder and CEO of his coaching firm that focuses on bucket lists. He previously founded and franchised a chain of personal training studios across mm. Australia. So from all of that experience, Trav, if you could narrow it down, what would you say is your favorite mistake? Okay. Favorite learning learning opportunity, is yeah. that what we call it? Yeah. Um, probably, you know what, I, and I've kind of, you know, taught this to a lot of other entrepreneurs and a lot of a lot of speak a lot of people I've spoken in front of. Um, yeah, my favorite mistake is uh, actually making decisions out of ego, business decisions out of ego, um, rather than logical decisions. So, what I mean by that, you know, when when I, I, I like like you said in the introduction, I founded and franchised a chain of personal training studio. I started with one client ended up doing over 2 million personal training sessions, uh, tens of thousands of clients across Australia, nearly 300 personal trainers, you know, under that umbrella or in that business. And we were the first to franchise personal training in Australia. So, we, you know, it was kind of – and it was because – this wasn't a mistake, though. This is because someone said, you can't franchise that. And I just said, you know what, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that as inspiration. Sure. Uh, <laughs> as, as an mistake, as an FU moment, yep. but we did, and, and we had a chain of them. And um, but with that being said, I, uh, you know, this was part of my demise as well because I, I was so ego driven to be the best and be the biggest and be the the most scaled um, that I made stupid decisions. You know, we had to go out and you know my my the typical model was about a two hundred square meter. I don't know what that is in feet square meter personal training studio so we i overpaid for some lease you know corporate leases just to set up in a spot um because i knew that competitors were trying to get in there and and do the thing and i I bought businesses and rebranded them that i shouldn't have and uh as a result that cost me years let alone a lot of money Mm -hmm. so ego-based decisions is my biggest mistake and i'd like to think that i've kind of parked that Mm-hmm. Um, pops up occasionally, <laughs> but I've parked that to to look at the numbers better, yeah, and to 
not to remove emotion from a lot of business decisions. Yeah. I mean, was, was there a particular moment where this started clicking you know, to realize there was this pattern or at least this had happened enough for you to then realize and think, okay, I've got to try to stop doing this? Oh, pain is a great motivator, isn't it? Um, so when you're, when you're um, way behind on your tax bill and you're three months behind on your corporate rent, on, on your lease, and we held a lot of head leases for our franchisees, um, and when you've got legal troubles, that's when you realise, hey, dickhead, maybe you should have done this a different way. Mm-hmm. So I am my own worst critic. I mean, my, my, my tattoo, and I think I've got this around the time of all this shit going down was uh-huh. if, it is, if, it is to be, if it is to be, it is up to me. So if you're listening to this, not watching, you'll, on, my arm, on my right forearm I've got a tattoo, if it is to be, it is up to me. Mm-hmm. which my old swimming coach sort of um, imparted upon me and um, or should, should I say imprinted on me when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess it was at that time where I really took responsibility ownership and, and did it from a, a, a smart place rather than an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, yeah, that's when I sought coaches. That's when I really mm. kind of got out of my own way. And uh, I think the hardest thing, uh, mate, the hardest thing I think to ask or, you know, to ask when you're in, when you're in trouble as an entrepreneur is please, I don't know everything, can you please help me? Yeah. You know, as an entrepreneur, we're meant to be Superman apparently and know it all and, and the ego and, you know, but the best business owners in the world, the best, business, you know, entrepreneurs in the world, are the ones that ask for the most help and, and are open to being helped. So mm-hmm. at that point in time, I knew that I had to be um, open to be coached, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Coachable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you're saying there reminds me of um, a chance I had uh, once to interview a psychologist who wrote a book about mastering fear. And the thing he pointed out, he says, little children are very good about asking for help when they're scared. But then as yeah. we are raised and whether it's school or parenting or society, guess what? We are taught asking for help is a bad thing. And so what he's learned is the, the best thing for an adult to do is just simply to say, I need help and to yeah. not be afraid, maybe easier said than done, to ask for that coaching or, or that support in some way. So where were you? So where were you 20 years ago when I needed that book or, or that piece of advice, mate? <laughs> I don't think I knew that then, and I don't think that book was written then. But it saved me a truckload of money and and probably grey hairs and and all the rest. So thank you very much. Well, but um, I mean, I'm fascinated by um, you, you. You sort of you basically said coaches need coaches, or even back when you were a personal trainer, did you still work with a personal trainer for different reasons? What are the benefits of in either context, business or training, a coach having a coach. Yeah, if there's ever a gap, you know, between where you are and where you want to be, and uh, you've you've tried and tested it yourself and trying to close that gap yourself, and it's not closing. Whatever whatever area of your life, it's time to time to outsource, right? Trying to get some expert help in, whether it be a business coach, relationship coach, career, whatever it is, money, um, parent, you know, health, whatever. Um, I guess it was embedded in me quite early on that, um, you know, I've always been self-employed, so to always seek help from other people, um, 
and I reckon I've been open more and more as I've got older and I've, as I've done more business, um, I've become more and more open to actually getting help, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not. So, you know, that help might come in the form of actually getting a coach, employing, employing the services for a coach for a, an extended period of time, going to a seminar, you know, getting involved in a course, even, even to a lesser extent, reading a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm continually wanting to grow and continually wanting to be better, of course, so I don't know everything. And that's the ego talk. Look, I don't know everything yep. and I'll never know everything. And, and you know, the coaches and the information um, sort of ebbs and flows with the, with the current goal at play, right? Yeah. And with different areas so of life. Um, so, but I, if you're going to be a coach of which I'm, a, I'm an executive coach, like I coach founders, CEOs, you know, C-level execs and um, obviously other entrepreneurs and I also do a lot of speaking. Now I've got a speaking, you know, I've had speaking coaches, I've had coaches mm-hmm. to help me coach. Yeah. Um, I've had life coaches, I've had business coaches, um, I've had an author coach, I've had a yep. speak, you know, like all sorts of different coaches. And if you look at the current climate of high performing people, they've, they've got a team of coaches, mm-hmm. you know, uh, around them. Um, quarterbacks have got a, you know, a, a crazy amount of coaches, you know, Tiger Woods. Yeah, oh, they could have been probably could have been coached differently, but uh, Tiger, you know, they've all got different. You know, a team of coach, CEOs now have got a whole bunch of coaches around them and and advisors. But um, and I think that's uh, that's how that that's the cool that's how coaching has evolved now. Yeah, and the good thing about being a coach is you can you can really carve out your own niche. Yeah. Um, when it comes to being a coach as well, I only concentrate on leadership. I only concentrate on helping founders. I only concentrate on, um, you know, life. A life coach is way too general these days. Sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach to this specific group uh, for this specific, you know, want and need. And um, you can go deep on that niche right. for the rest of your coaching life if you if you really market it well. So. Um, I think we live in a time where we're a lot more opening, a lot more open to having a coach. Um, that yeah. being said, it can be very, very confusing. It's very, very noisy. In the last six months, every single bloody business has gone online, so it's very noisy. There's, we live in a world of infobesity. We're all suffering from infobesity. There's so much information out there. It's hard to decrease the noise and increase the focus with all these you know, distractions and campaigns and click funnels and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like it, it's hard to find, I reckon, the 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 realness, the, the real kind of, you know, I've worked hard to to try and find the people that I've, it's become harder and harder with, with it getting more and more noisy, yeah. but trying to find those people, um, those role models, those coaches, those programs, um, and, and then basically find them and then unsubscribe so to speak, you know, mentally and physically yeah. unsubscribe from the rest and just zero in for 90 days, give it a 90-day project and and then off you go and just just do what they say or do what that coach recommends, you know. Yeah. So yeah. That's, a, that's, that's one of the things that I've certainly evolved over the last two to three years is being able to, if I've got to, I'll analyse every quarter and I'll go, okay, what do I, where are my gaps in whatever? Mm-hmm. And then go, okay, 90-day project. 
right? 90-day project rather than a year or five years or any crap like that, 90-day project. Yeah. I'm here and I want to be here. There's the gap. I'm a 5 out of 10 at the moment. I want to close the 5 out of 10 get it closer to 10. Who's the best person for the job to help me get there so I can straight line it versus trying to do this myself? Yeah. If I've got to pay, fair enough. But um, we'll see. So zeroes in. And then I literally like unfollow, unsubscribe everyone else. Yeah. So slimming down, I, I, I have not heard that word, infobesity. <laughs> so yeah. instead of a personal tra uh, trainer to help you slim down, um, there are other approaches we could take to slim down that information intake. Yeah, yeah. We're so – we. we one of the things that I coach people, I coach my one-on-one -on -one coaches, a client, sorry, in is um, is actually decreasing the noise. You know, like decreasing the like switching off notifications on their phone, yep. it, it, switching off the subscriptions that's coming into their email, and that distraction muscle is so highly tuned within us now yeah. that that this thing this thing has killed the productivity. Yeah, and uh, and I I did this with a client the other day. I said, switch off. You know what? Switch yeah. off your notifications. Just do it for me for a week. And she, she just come back a week later. And she, oh my god! Yes. You know, tweets, Instagrams, Facebook messaging, text, da, 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 emails. It's like it's just going ping, 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 flat out. Yeah. And 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 I said, you know, just what's life? What's life like just after a week of doing that? She goes, oh, I've got so much more bandwidth. Yeah. You know, I've got yeah. so much yeah. more. Headspace to, and I'm not getting because if you task switch, uh, we waste 23 to 35 percent of our day, you know, task yeah. switching. So, what that means is you get distracted, it takes you something like half an hour on average, or 20 minutes to half an hour, 35 percent of your day to get back to the original task. You know, that's why that's why open, open plan offices have killed productivity because mm -hmm. everyone's getting distracted, and yeah. now. And now the uh, the headphones in an office. This is back in the day when we used to have offices. Um, right. <laughs> we were working. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Remember back that. in the day. Remember those days we used to fly in planes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically you know the the the, the earbuds are the are the new cubicles. Mm -hmm. You know, within Great within time. offices, they're yeah. basically telling everyone piss off, don't talk to me. Um, and so productivity, and I know a lot of people that work in office, open plan offices, there's nothing even going, going yeah, on. It's just, like, it's a signal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I am very, very selective. I've probably turned off 90 or 95% of the alerts that come yeah. through on my phone. I'll tell you one thing I did about a week ago. Um, I deleted what I, I'd already put these apps in a folder called time wasters, trying to send myself yeah. a signal. I deleted not my accounts, but I just deleted the apps for Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook from my phone. Yeah. I think I just did not need that much information of different types coming in. I, it was a distraction or I distracted myself by yeah, having it so readily available. Up. Wake up in the morning. Let me go check my social media. No, I, I could do it on yeah. my computer now. But it's uh, it's harder to get to. So it's interesting that you left TikTok. Yeah, I don't use TikTok. Oh, whatever, mate. Come on. <laughs> I'm too old for that. I don't know. Sure, sure. I still have Instagram on the phone. I still like scrolling through pictures occasionally, but 
Yeah, yeah. Look, here's the thing, you know, like uh, our, our um, I think it's called the Altrudian Waves or something like that. It's basically our attention span. And I don't get to talk about this much, but I'm a, I'm a complete productivity hacker. I love, I love, uh, I love, I love getting nerdy as hell about this this topic. And yeah, that's good. Um, I, if you try and, you know, all the time management gurus get shit done. All, all the Tim Ferriss, all the, you know, Brian, Brian Tracy, uh, all the rest of them basically say, look, an hour and a half. That's what you've got. An hour and a half, ninety minute time chunks. Some say 40, 45 minutes, some say an hour and a half. Right, so you, you try. This is a challenge for all your watchers and listeners, um, and <laughs> I'm not very good at it, yeah. but you try and not look at your phone for an hour and a half. Yeah. Right, whilst you do something else. Yeah. Whilst you do a task. And let's say you put out a, a video for whatever and you've got to, you've got to shoot the video, you've got to edit it, uh, edit as good as you can, then post it up onto socials. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a project for you for you the day, or writing a blog post, or whatever it might be. All right. Just get that task done. That's the start, and that's the finish of that particular task. There's there's, there's a, a goal in built into that. But you have a look at how many how many times you self distract. Yeah. And you and you go for your phone. Trying to train that muscle is super hard. That's something I could work on. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We've, and we, oh no, I haven't got ADD. Bullshit. You go and what? Yeah. You go and do that, and then you'll soon work out that oh shit, we've all got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing, all we've. You know, I want to talk about your um, your other work and your focus and passion um, as the uh, the bucket list guy. Where did that passion come from? Is it a mistake to? Um, to not live life to the fullest. Um, what 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 inspired your focus on all this? Well, long story short, was I did the uh, I I built up the personal training franchise, and you know things started to get on top of me. To be honest, and uh, this you know the biggest mistake was that actually compounded, and I had relationship issues. There was some legal stuff going on. Let some cancerous people into our network that did my head in, and that sent me. It compounded me. Uh, Compounded on top, downward spiral. One thing led to another. Um, I went through a, a mild case of depression, about a depression. Um, but instead of going on like heavy like antidepressants, and I thought, no, nah, antidepressants. I knew a few people that were on them, and they were kind of you know zombies or sleepwalking through their life. And I was like, no, nah, that's just a band aid fix. So I went, you know what? I'm going to sum up the courage. I'm going to go to you know, self-help. I'm going to go and find, get a coat, you know, go and read the books and go to, so I went to, if you put a seminar on that, that, you know, during that time, I would have bought it, run to the back of the room and upgrade it easily. Yeah. I, I spent all my credit card, <laughs> all my credit card levels. And I, um, but I sought coaches. I wanted to get to the, it was all personal development stuff. So right. You know, Walked on fire, hugged it out and high-fived it with strangers on the weekends and, and, you know, broke the boards, bent the arrows and the bars, went, you know, all that sort of stuff and um, sought out the gurus and and uh, I, I wanted to get the, you know, get to the root cause of what I was going through. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't just put a Band-Aid over the top of it and hope for the best. Right. So I sort of I, I learned NLP and I learned positive psychology and I learned a whole bunch of, a bunch of other you know, kind of methodologies and counselling and all sorts of things and coaching and 
And then sort of at the end of it, a friend of mine at the time said, hey, why don't you teach this shit? And that actually helped me compartmentalise why I was there in the first place and it justified all, all the money I'd spent. And then <laughs> right. I, um, I went, yeah, that really helped. You know, so I, I put on a three-hour seminar. I nearly had to invite all the people that rocked up to that. Um, and I packaged in everything that I've been learning and all my, all my, you know, some stories from my entrepreneurial journey, about 40 people in the room. And it was about halfway halfway through that I, sh- I started sharing. This is about 10 years ago. I started sharing my list to do before I die. I always had one written down since I was 18. Yeah. And, and this is 10 years ago. So this is way before, you know, the whole bucket list phenomenon. And, and I, um, and, and I said, oh, who else has got one of these lists actually written down? And I quickly realised I was the only freak in the room. So um, I said, well, why do you, you know, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you, you know, why do you build your business? Why do you, you know, why, 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 why? What's inspiring you? What do you want to do before you die? And it inspired the group. Um, and then at the end of it, one of the girls who was in the audience said, hey, how's this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're, you're like the bucket list guy. And that yeah. night I went home, yeah, and registered the bucketlessguy.com and I was on the Google machine, Mark, and um, I'm sure you can appreciate this being in business. I was like, who's who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the king of yeah. bucket lists in the world? Oh, look, no one. So I literally called myself the world's number one bucket list expert because no one else was doing it. Claimed it. Yeah. I've been doing that ever since. <laughs> Nobody reached out to say, no, it's actually me. <laughs> no, no, I'm the bucket list. No. <laughs> so, look, I uh, talk about... Um, you know, dig a hole for yourself and then learn how to swim or whatever, throw yourself in the deep water, learn how to swim. But, you know, it's it's really congruent with who I am and it really is a reflection of the whole bucket list, for, you know, philosophy that we've created and the different programs that we've been, you know, sharing out around the world over the last 10 years, whether it be me via the stage coaching one to many or through our We've got now certified bucket list coaches in 22 countries around the world now. So I play founder CEO of that too. And so um, essentially it's it's a positive psychology message with this brand of bucket list over the top of it. And, uh, and I built this to help me. You know, I built this to help, you know, uh, hopefully make an impression, a, a lasting impression or uh, better the statistics, the statistics of, of depression, anxiety, the overprescription of antidepressants, right. um, suicides, youth suicides, mental health in general. We've even got this thing now called the loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing, the adverse effect of social media. So I built this thing to go against those stats that are climbing because I was one of them. And yeah. so, you know, what we've, you know, positive psychology, which is the foundation of what we teach, what I've always taught is basically the science of happiness. It's the psychology of happiness, how to help people experience more meaning, purpose and fulfilment, more gratitude in their life. Yeah. And so this is a reflection of that. And this is my value sort of played out in the world. Yeah. So maybe a final question for you, Trav. I mean, during the pandemic, you mentioned loneliness. That's an issue for uh, a lot of people. There are, um, you know, it, it's it's a rough time for a lot of people. It, do you find, generally speaking, is this a time where people's bucket list is growing because it's something helpful and positive to think about for when things get back to normal? Or is this a time when people are where they can knocking things off of that bucket list? Both. 
Yeah, it's a really that's a really really insightful question um, because it's I, I've I've got to do a presentation this afternoon and a virtual a virtual keynote presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so this hasn't stopped for me. And it's super weird, like doing a virtual keynote presentation right. when you're normally in front of three hundred you know plus people. And so I've got to do my song and dance routine in front of in front of the screen. It's tough. Um, awkward, but at the end of the at the end of the day. Um, it has, uh, you know, obviously for people who believe that bucket list is all about international travel and the seven wonders of the world and that sort of thing, well, the bucket list is pretty sure then. Yeah. But for others, like I did a TED Talk a few years ago. It's called Life's Too Short by me, Trav Bell, and I'm about to release a book called The My Bucket List Blueprint. And in the TED Talk, I unpacked this concept that I created called The My Bucket List Blueprint. It's a 12-letter acronym 12-step system, um, which helps a person, ex- you know, um, extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list, right? Yeah. So it's more more than just travel. So this is this gives people the tools, the opportunities to actually um, build out their list um, and, and be inspired by the list no matter what is happening in their life, you know, no matter whether it's, Trump or, or COVID or the apocalypse or whatever, at the end of the day, right. um, it's, it has helped be the light at the end of this, this weird COVID tunnel for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think um, it has inspired and, uh, to be honest, um, it's helped people really connect. And we're doing a lot of programs at the moment for remote work teams. You know, I've had, I've had companies, you know, call us up and say, we, uh, we want to do something we, we want to, because all of our team is suddenly out of the office, they're all working from home. We're actually worried about the mental health of some of them. Mm-hmm. We want to keep a sense of culture. We want to do a, one of your programs, which we call the Bucket List Life Plan, because we just want a positive excuse to bring everyone together and not talk about work. We want to talk about the big, the life, because right. we don't want to lose anyone and we want to, we want to help people, give, give people some tools. So um, the good thing about that is it, uh, it's brought a lot of a lot of groups together, and plus, I think what's happened is families now with lockdown, families um, connecting like never before. Maybe it's the big collective deep breath in and recalibration that we've all needed, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of re- a lot of people have recalibrated on on their jobs, on their careers, on their businesses. The benefit of that, they've they've innovated, adapted, said no, said yes to a lot of different choices over the last six to eight months. Um, people are now, I think, more involved. Maybe this is just the optimist in me, um, but people have reconnected with their community a lot more. People are, and one thing I've been saying is, instead of international travel on your bucket list, be a tourist in your own hometown first. So mm-hmm. people have taken up a lot of, you know, different activities and hobbies and learning stuff online, everything else that they can do outside of the international travel they've done. Yeah. So there's a lot of upskilling, new you know, new skills being learnt, uh, lessons being learnt. There's, yeah, there's people. Uh, well, I mean, us as a family, we've kind of taken up mountain biking. You know, yeah. I was already doing it, but we've we've really got into that. And our family is stronger than ever now, thanks to COVID. And I'm 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 stoked it happened. Not for the families, of course, that have suffered from COVID and blah blah blah. Right. But at the end of the day. 
I know that that's a reflective statement of what's going on, you know, certainly within a lot of families. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's good and helpful. I'm, I'm sure it's healthy to find the, the, uh, the positive out of all the bad that's happened. Um, my, my, a positive for me, my wife and I have had more time together this year than in any of the 19 years that we've been married because there you go. the and constant that might travel. Be, that might be good and bad. Who knows? For us, uh, it's been good. Um, so I'm for, I, I am thankful for that and, and happy for that time together. And um, yeah, as I was saying to somebody last week said, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm COVID good. So, you know, we're <laughs> counter blessings, um, knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Got my health and a lot to look forward to. Yeah, um, and, and bucket lists are, I guess that's a powerful part of that, giving you something to look forward to and things to go and accomplish. Yeah. yeah. It, look, it's a it's a um it's a good time to do it. You know, it's a good time to um you know take time out of your life to work on your life. That's what we're really saying. And you know, right around the world, we've got, we've op- opened up in, like this year, we've opened up in, I'm looking at a world map, we've opened in four new countries with Bucket List Coach. And and it's like, it, it's, there's a big need for it because it concentrates mainly, our programs concentrate mainly on mental health and inspiring people, you know, keeping people engaged in their life. And, um, and it has a, you know, massive ripple effect into their families as well. So, you know. It's an opportunity for people to put their own oxygen mask on first before they can go and help others. That's well said. That's well put. So um, our guest has been Trav Bell um, coming to us from Australia. This has been really fascinating. Um, I would encourage people to go check out different websites, uh, thebucketlistguide.com, bucketlistcoach.com. And, and tell us again the uh, the title of the book that's going to be coming out. Yeah, it's called The My, My Bucket List Blueprint. So that should be out very, very soon, just before Christmas. Yeah. Well, I, I hope people will uh, will check that out. I'll, I'll look for that and look forward to um, that being available. And there's one other thing, you know, I, I watched some of um, the video that you had on your website, Trav, and one thing really stuck out to me. So maybe I'll throw this back at you and, and, and let you end on a final thought. You said um, too many people are dying at 40 and they're being buried at 80. I thought that was uh, a powerful way of putting that. So I'll, I'll give you the last word to sort of elaborate on that thought. Yeah, well, I mean, this uh, this message resonates with people who um, are <laughs> you know, probably more north of 40. Um, and, and look, at the end of the day, we all know that people are, are sleepwalking through their life. They're disengaged. They're on the... You know they're on Groundhog Day sort of thing, and people are people have been living by default rather than by design. They've been existing and not living. Mm. Um, and I and I want to wake people up before they get given a use by day. You know, a diagnosis, just yeah. like the movie. The movies, the the movie, the bucket list is shit because because. And I've based my whole career on it, for God's sake. Um, but it's shit because it's about two guys that get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's too late, right? Mm. So that's why it's a shit movie. But um, at the end of the day, I want to wake people up before it's too late. And this is not just about ticking cool stuff off, you know, ticking cool stuff off a list. It's really about how a person, how we reverse engineer every aspect of their life in order to make this stuff come to fruition. It's the growth of us on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But, but, but Mark, it's, it's more about the person that exists on the other side, and that's the person that we don't know yet. 
That's what I want to get people curious and excited and amped up about. That's called our potential. That's awesome. Last thing, let, let's see the tattoos on your hands because I've kind of seen yeah, glimpses for the people. Yeah. Here. Branding, branding 101 there, mate. <laughs> there we go. I've even got that. Look at that. The, here we go. The ticket before you, look at that. Ticket before you kick it movement going on. So, ticket uh, before you kick it. Yeah. Kick it before you kick it. That's a bit extreme, the whole bucket list on the hand. Shit, that hurt. But anyway. <laughs> well, Trav Bell, um, thank you so much for taking time out um, every day to join and share your perspectives here. Good luck with that virtual talk this afternoon. Yeah, cool, Mark. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to pause and think about your own favorite mistake and how learning from mistakes shapes you personally and professionally. If you're a leader, what can you do to create a culture where it's safe for colleagues to talk openly about mistakes in the spirit of learning? Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. See you next time.